I don't know, it was like eight months trying to get all the contracts right with everything. So many people were involved, right? There was just, it was like endless. There's production companies, there was Disney, there was like the town, there was us. And so, um, you know, I was putting a lot of my time and energy into this, like over a year. And, you know, I was editing it on my own time, putting the sizzle together, like weeks and weeks and weeks and months. And then we flew back to LA to put it together, to finish it at a studio. And it was just like, I remember we finished it and I was just like, flew back home and I was just totally burnt out. And then like, they called about a month later and said, yeah, we're not going to pick this up. So <laughs> it's just like, it spent all this money spent like two years of my life trying to put this thing together. And then it just like, they're just like in a second, they're like, yeah, no. Hey, weekenders, welcome back to the Art of Photography podcast, where we share artist's journey and adventure behind their photographer um, journey. And today we have someone from the Canadian Rockies, someone who, you know, I've been acquainted a long, long time and I've been following his not only amazing photos, I know we have a lot of photographers here, but he's also an incredible videographer and we'll talk about all of that in this podcast, but before we get there, let's welcome P. Hey, P, welcome to uh, the podcast. Uh, you know, I'm very excited to have you here. Hey, Stan, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here and uh, have a great conversation with you. Yeah, man. Like, uh, you know, like I think you're only the second um, photographer slash videographer that I've ever had here. So um, I really um, love to hear a little bit more about that. But before we kind of get into, you know, all this project that you did, um, you know, in Nepal and, you know, all of your adventure in the Canadian Rockies, exploring ice caves and all these incredible, incredible places that many people think that it was just a dream. I mean, I used to think those places are a place of a dream that I'm never going to get to. So uh, before we get to all that, um, give us a little bit of introduction of who you are and what got you into photography? Yeah, you know, that's a great place to start because, um, well, my name's Pete and I started out not um, in these amazing places in the Rockies. I started out actually in Toronto um, working in the television and commercial industry for, for a long, long time, probably about 10, 15 years. And so um, that's kind of where I jumped into photography. I was probably uh, like learning cinematography and sort of shaping my career to become a director of photography more than I was a photographer. And, you know, so that was kind of, um, that was kind of the direction I was heading in. And when I was coming up through the industry, um, the, the people that I was assisting or shadowing the, the directors of photography, the DPs or the cinematographers, you know, the, the advice that they gave me is like, just to become a better photographer, you should pick up a photography camera and learn photography because it'll help you become you know, to help you with composing images, it'll help you with lighting and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I took that advice and I did that and it was just, you know, no pun intended, it clicked fast and it was quickly became more, more, more than just like a learning tool to become a better cinematographer. It was like, it became quite quickly a passion and something that, um, you know, I, I love just as much as cinematography. And so that's kind of how it happened was working in the TV industry. That is interesting. Wow, I didn't know that. See, this is why I love this podcast. I just get to learn new things about artists and their journey. So what drives you to become, um, to get into the TV industry? Is that something, was there uh, a bit of motivation um, from yourself that you want to do that? Or it's pretty much kind of the path that life leads you there? You know, I got lucky in high school because, um, uh, you know, like, it got to about grade 11, grade 12, and we were kind of, everyone had to start thinking about, okay, what kind of college programs, university programs I want to go after. And um, I got lucky early on, and I think it was in grade 11, I was just working in, I think it was communications class, and they introduced us to like video editing and, and shooting and all that kind of stuff. And um, like, I'll never forget, I still... I love this. Like when you, we, we went out and it was like, you know, we were, we didn't know what we were doing. It was probably like what you, it was like really bad stuff, but just filming a scene out in the field and then coming back to the, uh, computers to edit it. And like, what happens when you take this piece and match it with this piece? The first time I edited it 
two clips together and they sort of worked it was just that was it you know what i mean i was just like i love this and it was just like there's an addiction to it right it's like that one thing where when you edit this piece and this piece and now it's like that opens up a whole world of you know documentary filmmaking uh storytelling and i was i was just completely hooked so i i got lucky and i had that right from um high school and then you know it took a while to think like do i want to shape this into a career because i was so young and i didn't really know what i wanted to do i thought maybe i I knew i wanted adventure too and so i was thought about maybe joining the canadian army i thought about becoming a pilot so i wanted to join the army to become a pilot um but i realized i didn't really i i was also getting into trouble a lot so i don't think the army might have been a great place for me because i probably wasn't good with authority and so I guess that was the quote unquote artist in me. And so, um, I started to look at programs and I was like, oh, you can do, you can do this as a career. You, you can do TV school, you can do film school and that stuff as a career. And so I kind of chose that path and I went away to uh, college for it. And, um, you know, college was really typical of like everyone in college wanted to be a sort of indie filmmaker. And I also caught that bug as well. And so for a long, long time, I wanted to be like a, a film director. Um, but I never really like did that. I was just doing like videography, cinematography, that kind of stuff. Like I never really got into the directing. I was just dreaming about it. And so I went down that, but I went down that dream for a long time. You know, I was like that, you know, like that typical film school, like guy that wanted to be a director. And I just like ate all the, ate all that up. I bought like, thousands of dvds you know like i watched movies from like the 1920s all the way up to like modern day cinema just learning about cinema and then you know through that once i graduated um college you had to do an internship and so i had no idea where to go and like at at this point in my life i wasn't being super intentional about anything i was just kind of like there was an opportunity to work in reality tv after college so i took it And so I ended up working in reality TV in Toronto for a long, long time and just kind of like, you know, learning the business, learning the ropes. And it was, it was really good in that sense, um, in terms of just being exposed to that world and many different opportunities and just learning how it all works. But I wasn't, I was never really intentional about the direction I was going. I was just in this massive world of like TV and commercial and not really shaping my passion into anything. And that's kind of where um you know i was slowly building myself up to be like a cinematographer and then i like happened to to stumble into photography right like uh shadowing uh cinematographers and uh them telling me you know pick up a camera and just uh pick up a photography camera to learn composition right and so i was working on this one show and i did that and i started to learn i started to really like it and then I went traveling for two months to New Zealand and Australia, and it was just photography the whole time, adventure photography, travel photography. And, you know, I think most photographers will have that moment where for me, it was like doing a long exposure at night and just seeing what that image produces on the back of the camera. It's like magic, right? Like you're opening up your shutter for 30 seconds and you're opening up light from what you can't see, but all of a sudden you get this massive exposure on the back of your in the back of your lens, right? And I was just, I, I was just in love with that. I just, I loved the colors, the blues of the sky. Of course, being in New Zealand and surrounding by beautiful mountains, and so, um, yeah, that's just kind of that's that's sort of that started to shape. Um, I started at that point, I think, to shape my career more into photography. Um, not immediately, but I started to like put these things together. Like, I really like photography, and I really like the outdoors. And it took a few years. And eventually, like after after a bit of time, I started to become more intentional about what after a lot of failure, I should say, <laughs> lots of failure and like trying things and things not working out. I was like, you know what? I really need to give this this adventure photography and filmmaking. Like I can bring both um, both things together and try and make something of it. And I started to become really intentional with what I wanted to do. And so I started to actively make choices around that. And so that's kind of what brought me to the Rockies in a nutshell. Wow. What a journey. And, um, you know, the, I remember when I first took my long exposure, like I don't remember what it is, but I remember when I first took it and then you, you open it, you, you close the aperture quite small. So you get those starbursts, and I just like addicted. I was just like looking for street lights and just 
take this really long exposure so that I get the starburst. And that was like, that was it. <laughs> I know, right? It's something about that that's just like, you're right. Like with cars, I remember like I was in New Zealand in Wellington. I just remember like, I remember photographing the city at night from above the hill. And I was just like, wow, this image. And then a car like went by my frame. I was like, oh, no, it ruined the shot. But then, and then when the, I, after 20 seconds, when the image revealed, it's like, you have this light streak. I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> I mean, it would look terrible now, right? But at the time I was like, just when you're experimenting and you have that, you're like a kid again, right? And you just see all this, like, it's like painting almost, you know, painting with light. Yeah. I mean, like we never know it's possible, right? Until we, we, we play around with camera before we never see that not with our eyes. So that's, that's really funny because I, I can totally relate with that. Yeah. Um, and you know, yeah, yeah. I was going to say like, you're really lucky to be able to, um, get a lot of that direction early on and you fell in love, you know, have that click and it's, uh, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy how the simplest thing in life shape the rest of your life and the rest just become, it, it doesn't really matter anymore. And I love that. I love hearing that. Um, and like for many people, that's not the case. Like for me, it took me 30 years to, to figure out that this is what I want to do that, you know, finally felt like I'm doing what I've been wanting to do, but you mentioned something very, um, important and you say, you know, in order to get to where you need to be and where you are there, you've gone through not only once or twice, but a lot of failures and trying things. And so just give us a little bit of a picture of what does those failure like and how, how does that push you forward? How do you take those failure and make, and take that as a fuel to go forward instead of, uh, you know, a fuel that burn you down and basically crash and burn? Yeah. You know, that's a fantastic question because, um, I think like, like there's so many quotes on failure, right? Like I, I can't remember who it was, but it was like, you know, um, failure is where you kind of learn everything and success almost teaches you nothing. Right. So I think, um, and I can, I can go into a few stories in the, in, in a moment, but I, I think like, it's so true. Like failure is basically just data, giving you data of what information that you need to know that you didn't know. Right. And so, um, that's, I think the best way to, to look at it, you know, um, because it's, especially in our line of work, like there's going to be like failure is just inevitable. It's just part of it. Right. And whether it's like on a big scale or a little scale, like you could go out, like just on a little scale, we'll go out to the back country to try and get a shot. We won't get a shot or we'll go out to, you know, here in the Rockies, as you're familiar with the ice fields and the roads closed. And it's like, so you just have to expect that all the time. Um, for me, um, working in the television industry, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of projects that I attempted to do that failed. Ultimately, there was definitely a lot of, um, ideas for TV shows that I would pitch, you know, so you deal with rejection on a regular level and with photography now too, like you, you're sending out pitches, you're sending out emails and you're, you're not hearing back or they're saying, you know, we're not interested, et cetera. So you just, just become, I think for me, it's just about becoming used to that. Oh, that's just part of the business. It's just, you just have to become comfortable with it. Um, one of the biggest failures I probably had, um, I wouldn't even consider it a failure now, but it was more of a learning experience was, um, I was, when I was working in the television industry, um, you know, I was starting to become more intentional. I wanted to, I was very ambitious, right? I was like, I want to make TV shows. I want to be a director, all this stuff. And so like, I started a company with a friend, became business partners and we got this idea for this show and uh, everyone's like, it was more like finding the talent and and we had this great talent for a TV show and it was new and it was exciting. And, you know, like Disney was like, we pitched it to a bunch of people because we had some connections and Disney's like, hey, this looks great. So I flew to L.A., I think, two or three times. The first time I flew there to pitch it around and I had this, We it was like, it was wild. I mean, we were driving all over L.A., you know, going to these like Hollywood um, buildings and pitching this TV show and we pitched it to Disney and it was this crazy meeting. This like lady was, she was, she's still there. She's a really big person in Hollywood. And she just was like, she listened to her pitch for about two to three minutes. And then she just went off the rails being like kind of unusual for about 45 minutes. And we're like, Whoa, what's going on? Right. 
tried to kind of reel the meeting back into like what what we were actually trying to pitch and she just would take it and go another direction and then it was just this weird something was happening i didn't understand but what i didn't know until after is she actually really liked the show and wanted to pick it up and so they a week later they picked it up and they said we want to produce uh like sort of a pilot episode like a mini pilot episode they called it a super sizzle which is like a mini pilot and so we're like great this is it we're gonna we're going we're gonna make it and so um you know i'd been all over europe filming and doing all this stuff so we got all this great footage for it and then um you know spent a lot of spent like maybe i don't know it was like eight months trying to get all the contracts right with everything because so many people were involved right there was just it was like endless there's production companies there is disney there is like the town there was us and so um you know i was putting a lot of my time and energy into this like over a year and, you know, I was editing it on my own time, putting the sizzle together like weeks and weeks and weeks and months. And then we flew back to LA to put it together to finish it at a studio. And it was just like, I remember we finished it and I was just like, flew back home and I was just totally burnt out. And then like they called about a month later and said, yeah, we're not going to pick this up. So <laughs> it's just like, it spent all this money, spent like two years of my life trying to put this thing together. And then it just like, they're just like, in a second, they're like, yeah, no you know, and that's the way it goes. But I was pretty like devastated for a while. You know, I was doing some like, I was like, man, like that was a huge blow. Like I didn't really tell anyone for a while. Like I didn't tell like my family for a couple of months. Like I didn't tell anybody, only like my business partner knew. And so I think at that point I was just, I remember listening to a podcast too. And somebody else was talking about failure and you know, you're going to hit rock bottom and you need to build yourself back up. And I remember thinking is like, nope, that's not going to happen to me. This is good. This show, we're going to make it right. So but of course, now it's like, you know, that happened and you have to kind of pull yourself out of it. You can give yourself time to like sort of mourn it and mourn the loss. Um, but for me, it was great because I started to really then focus and become more intent on adventure photography and adventure filmmaking. Right. And I remember um, Alex Stroll had a bunch of courses out on adventure photography. It's when just before the course craze kind of like took off to what it is now. And I, I just remember I, I picked up one of his courses and I was like, this is awesome. Like, I love this. And, uh, you know, I applied some of those techniques and I remember, um, I was still in Toronto, but I came out, um, West to visit my sister here, here in the Canadian West, um, in the Rockies. And I was like, I'm going to come out here and like, take some photographs of the Rockies, do some adventure stuff and like kind of put these ideas into practice. And then I like fell off my bike and broke my collarbone. And, um, but that, what that really gave me a lot of time to just stop and like reflect, you know what I mean? And like okay, the Disney thing just failed and I just broke my collarbone. So I wasn't having a great year, but you know, I just, I just kind of, and so I had to take two months off to heal my shoulder. So I just stayed out in the West here for two months. And it was just like, that was, that was kind of it for me as like, I need to move out West. Cause I was, you know, going, going on hikes, taking pictures. And so this sort of, I guess, event of failure, you could say that started with the, you know, the, the show not getting picked up with Disney kind of transpired into like, okay, well now I can really focus my energy, um, into, shaping my intentions into going after adventure photography and adventure filmmaking landscape photography just like becoming more intentional with my time right and so <laughs> that's a good that's a good uh i think like you know i know it's hard when you fail like in that moment if someone was telling me like hey you can really use this it'd be it's it's a really hard thing to hear but i think like i mean you have to listen to it at some point you have to drag yourself out of those those horrible moments and like rebuild yourself and i think those are great actual opportunities to to build you know and learn you know that's that's really really cool story I, I love hearing that i know at that time it's probably the first time of your life right but as you can see today the failures is really what shape our success right without those failure like you say you wouldn't have moved to canadian rockies you wouldn't have had that time to kind of just reflect and and stay home and kind of pull yourself out of it now one thing that I'm really interested in, I think a lot of people will get a lot of benefit out of this is that when you're at that rock bottom or, you know, at the place where it's not really a nice place to be. And like you say, sometimes people are telling you, it's like, oh, this is a learning experience. Just be positive. And you feel like, well, you know, you try to be positive when you're here. See how you go, right? <laughs> <That's>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally know that feeling. Really. Just go like, well, okay, it's easy for you to say. Uh, 
but what are some of the things that make a difference that make you, you know what, it is a learning experience or, you know what, this is how I'm going to rebuild, uh, you know, my future based on this foundation. What are those different either events or advice or anything that have clicked in your head that make you, um, that convince you and help you pull yourself out of this hole pretty much and start going back on your road towards the dreams that you always been dreaming of? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's really hard, like we mentioned in that moment to like sort of, um, emotionally pull yourself out out of that moment but you know like there's a i think i heard tom tom hanks say in an interview the other day he's like this too shall pass you know you're feeling low this too shall pass you're feeling on an incredible high you know this too shall pass so i always try to remind myself like this too shall pass and then you know it doesn't happen overnight but just know that i try to always remind myself that everything is sort of figure outable if that's even a word you know what i mean like there's there's always something that you can do to improve like the next day like so you're in a low moment okay what can i do okay tomorrow i'm going to learn something new you know what i mean to get me out of this moment so whether it be reading like i like reading business books i like reading personal development books and so there's always going to be you know the advantage of living now in this time there's so much information about there there's so many books out there to help you that there's almost like no excuse you know what i mean if you're just sitting at home doing nothing like there's there's action that you can take to pull yourself out of those moments and so i always remind myself if i need to take a day off to be to feel crappy and more and whatever just happened then i'll do that but then you know the then it's like there's there's baby steps of pulling yourself out of it and you know if you start something like now just imagine and you keep it working on that every day just imagine like where you're going to be it's like those gradual steps like kind of open up into something much larger many years down the road right and so and that's kind of what happened for me now i'm like you know that was a that was like a low moment for me get not having the show get greenlit but i mean now i'm thinking like well what if the show did get greenlit i wouldn't be here in the rockies you know what i mean so you never are gonna know like you're never going to know. So it's just, everything is figure outable and, um, you know, it's just one step at a time and like you can make it, you know, you can make it work. That is great advice. You know, like, um, figure outable. I think that, that is such a difficult word to say, yeah. but I think we, we say it enough. We can make it to, uh, you know, the Western uh, dictionary <laughs> figure out. Like- oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even now with my business, I mean, it's not, it's great. You know, we live in the Rockies now and, um, there's still, you know, there's still issues to deal with every day. There's still, you know, new clients to get, or there's still like, you know, fostering or, or maintaining old relationships. There's things that don't go right. And so, you know, you still, you still have to, you know, still have to figure things out. You still have to try new things. You still have to, you know, we're working in an industry that's constantly changing. And so marketing's changing all the time. And so we're constantly learning, we're constantly evolving. And so just getting used to things not working out and, and then, you know, celebrating the things that do. No, a hundred percent. And I love what, what you say there, um, how, you know, it doesn't matter what you do in, whether it's your business or life, that's, that's the journey. It's never gonna always be good. Right. Like Tom Hanks say, like, if it's good or bad, it will pass. And you just have to take it one step at a time. And I think one of the most profound thing that I get out of that is how you can, how you tell yourself that even at the worst time there is, you have a choice. And I think a lot of people don't understand that or don't realize that, right? They feel like, oh, this is it. My, my entire life ends, but you have a choice. You have a choice to stay in it or you have a choice to, to get out of it. And that's exactly what you did. Right. And it takes you uh, through the whole series of events. It takes you to where you are right now. And of course we might never know where it's going to go in the future, but you know, you sounded like that's something that you're, it's a life that you, you love and, you know, passionate about. So, um, I think you, you did really amazing, um, you know, how to deal with that. And it, that's such an inspiration. Now I want to bring you back to your, your creative, you know, videography and photography. Now it's always interesting. I mean, I, I started with photography and I know how videography can be addicted as well. Just like, you know, especially when you're able to put this cohesive 
vision into like 30 minutes, uh, sorry, 33 minutes or one minute video or whatever it is. And you look back a bit and just be like, wow, that is incredible. Right. Um, so if you, what are, you started in videography, but you wanted to move to photography. So what are the motivation for you to, um, to explore into the photography? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I mean, I, coming back to like the TV thing, it was like, like you said, they told me to like practice photography. Um, and so I did that, but I think what I realized in that is, is like, wow, you can really, you can really create a po one powerful image to tell a whole story versus like videography is creating many images to tell a story. Photography is just one image to tell a story. Or if you're, you know, you can like do a series of images, but, um, just that aspect of like crafting a sim single image, I thought was very powerful. And just, um, just how I felt from the images and other people's images, you know, like watching, watching other people's work. I think that's probably been in, in me since a, I was a child as well. Like I remember flipping through, you know, the library at school, like National Geographic magazines, you know, like Time magazine, McLean's magazine here in Canada. Like we always subscribe to those. So I remember flipping through and seeing like, these images, these powerful images that are just burning into your subconscious, right? Like, and so I was always fascinated by that. And so, um, I just feel like naturally for me, the videography and the photography kind of went hand in hand in a way. Um, and so again, it took me a while to figure out, to shape what I really wanted my photography to be more like adventure landscape. Like, cause I was working in TV and I would get hired to do like, oh, Pete's like posting photography to his Instagram or Facebook. Let's hire him to do the behind the scenes photos of like the show we're working on. Right. And so I was like, oh, cool. Like another avenue I can make money in. Right. And so then I was doing portraits and I was doing weddings and I was doing like all this kind of different stuff. And then again, coming back to that, like niching down or becoming more intentional of like what speaks to you the most is like, I kind of started to shape that once I started traveling the world I was working on a it was funny because I was I was working on a travel show as a director of photography so I was getting to that level we were doing like a travel food show and a travel travel show and so I was doing the cinematography but then you know I'd have time to do the photography as well and so it's just like bang one after the other right like and so I was like I really like doing this I want to make this work uh for my career and so it's slowly and I used to that was from Toronto before I moved out west here. And I, as I mentioned, my sister lives out west here as well. And her and her husband are really big into adventures. And so when I would come to visit them all the time, um, you know, we would go backcountry skiing. We would do all this kind of fun adventure stuff. And so that was starting to click. And I was taking pictures out there. So all of a sudden, this like adventure and the photography, they started to come and mash together a little bit more. And I was like, oh, you can do this as a career, you know? And so that kind of, and then there's like, that's kind of exploded into this huge creative, as you know, as well, because you're in the same sort of realm as me, where it's like astrophotography, uh, you know, climbing up mountains in the night to just capture the night sky in the mountains and all that kind of stuff. It's endless, right? So it's like, in my opinion, it's like a lifetime of work ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. How do you say that? Like a lifetime of work. Uh, that's really cool. I like that. I like how you think about that. And, um, you know, there's this, um, I went out, um, hanging out with a couple of friends here in, um, Bali and we had this villa to ourselves, and we, it's, it's like more like a networking. So we meet like a few different friends and we're like chilling and we're like just sitting there. And at one point everything just went silent. And we're like, this is amazing, isn't it? It's like, yep. And one of the things that's so like it's still gonna stay with me until this day is that he said you know what everything that we did in our life you know all the bad all the failure is literally just an administration to get to this point and uh, that time it's like that is so awesome you know like uh, you know all the time that you put in all the failures all the work uh, you know and when you stand there on top of a mountain you know that it's all worth it that nothing else matter right and that's that's one of the things that i love about going up the mountain but i can totally resonate with that so yeah totally and so i love how you know 
you share how you go, you went portrait, you went wedding, you went all of this different business model. And that's something that I have um, gone through as well. But instead of looking for um, a niche that's most profitable, you're looking for a niche that you love the most and you kind of head into that. I understand that, you know, that's not always going to be the case. Sometimes you kind of need to fill it with other things in, into that. But I really love how you stay true to what you truly passionate about. So walk us through, how does that work? Is I know like for many people, wedding is very profitable. And I thought, I mean, if I, if I get a dollar for every time people tell me, you should go into wedding photographer. It's a lot of money. I would be a millionaire by now. Um, yeah. So walk us through what are, you know, what are your, um, your mindset there? What are your, um, how does the, your thinking process that get you out of that? You know what? I need to make money versus, you know what? I can make money while doing what I'm truly passionate about. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the million dollar question, right? Like, how do you make money while doing what you're passionate about? And to be honest, like, we're still, like, when I say we, I got to talk about Jenna in a bit because, like, Jenna's part of my story as well. And my I'm hers as well. So, um, you know, to make money, you do have to, um, you do have to do jobs like that. We did one wedding a while back. I, I've kind of steered away from weddings a little bit, although I was doing more weddings in terms of, uh, I was doing a couple photo weddings, but more um, videography for weddings, which I I still, I did one in um, 2019 in Costa Rica and it was amazing. You know, it was like travel and they wanted to do this whole adventure thing. So it was kind of sticking in the realm with what I like to do still. And so I was like, yeah, I'll go to Costa Rica and film your five-day wedding and we'll go in the jungle and do adventures and all this stuff. So it, it was incredible. Um, but even like, you still have to like work on some stuff um, to make money, you know, like it's not going to be, um, and, you know, we're, we're still kind of trying to, um, I guess you could say sculpt it into just doing exactly what we want to be doing, but I'm still trying to keep a percentage of myself open because what if I love figure out that I love doing this other thing, you know? Um, and so we work with a lot of tourism boards and so we'll, they'll send us out to do adventurous type shoots, but they'll also be like, Hey, can you film this hotel or film this, um, you know, food? Cause that's a big part of tourism, right? Uh, food and beverage and places to stay. And so you still have to film a bit of that, a bit of that kind of stuff. And so I have all that experience because I worked in reality TV. I worked in, I worked in like, um, you know, property shows. So I kind of have that portfolio. So that kind of helps me, um, to produce quality work in that area. Cause tourism boards, you know, it's not all just about the adventure, right? You have to think about their needs and what they need. They don't just need your awesome banger shots. They need a couple of those, right. But they need a lot of other things to help promote their regions. Right. So you have to be a little bit um, flexible and adaptable, right? So it's worked really well for us in that regard because I have the photo aspect that I can do and the video aspect. And usually if you can find uh, a client that really needs both of those, then you can kind of hit a home run, right? And so we've been able to do that a little bit over the last year um, with uh, with the various different clients and um, build really good ongoing relationships with them. And so, and so yeah, it's still... But still keeping that time to do what we love, like we'll go out in the Rockies here, like I was out last week and we were filming ice climbers. Um, you know, we weren't getting paid for that, but that might come back later because then I've got this portfolio of work that I'll now send into magazines and, you know, or that I could sell to the tourism, you know what I mean? So still going out just because you love going out, which is great because there's no pressure to create for a client. You're just creating for yourself. And then generally that actually pays itself off down the road anyways because people can see that you're passionate you're creating this unique image that you love and that's kind of like what what gets maybe hopefully Nat Geo interested down the line or some other magazines right and so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to make it work um to to fit within your lifestyle that is incredible and I love that last sentence that you say there where you know you look for possibilities and I love I, I learned a lot from what you just say there where you say you know I, I I know what I like but I still keep a percentage of that open for anything that's that's to come and I think for most of us um we we choose a path and we think that is it right we we focus on that and this is how we're gonna 
shape the rest of our, of our life. But um, as you mentioned earlier, we are in a constantly changing life. How, what to say that you kind of, you know, what's, um, who are you, who are we to say that this is our life and, you know, it's not going to change in the future for the better. Right. So I really enjoy that. Um, uh, so I like, you small, I give you a small example of that as well, because, so I sort of like said, I kind of want to niche myself to adventure, like landscape photography and, and videography and that kind of stuff. And I never really thought too much about wildlife before. I, I'd done a little bit, but it was very difficult to shoot as, as many wildlife photographers, anyone would know. But we actually um, worked with a client last year, um, uh, Campbell River Whale Watching out on Vancouver Island. And so they have like their boats and they do whale, they do all, like all kinds of amazing stuff. And so we ended up working with them doing uh, like wildlife and it was incredible. Like I was like, holy, I love wildlife now. I love shooting, like we were filming grizzly bears, we were filming humpback whales black bears seals dolphins like it was just amazing and so uh, the video should be out really soon i'm really proud of it i'm really stoked with it the client's really happy so i'm really like excited to share that video and kind of also um i know the area is kind of well known for wildlife but i don't think people are fully aware of how the abundance of wildlife that it has there so i'm really excited Hopefully the video will create some sort of awareness and get tourism dr driven to that area. Not too much, right? Because you want, um, you know, you don't want to like over, you know, overdo the tourism. But um, I think they have enough room because it's Campbell River and it's kind of a small area on Vancouver Island. And um, so just going back to that idea of keeping a little bit of that percentage open because you can, you you never know what you could figure out. And it's like, man, I love shooting wildlife. It's it's a bit harder here in the Rockies to film wildlife, but. But if you get the opportunity to go somewhere and now you have that experience, um, you know, it's always it's always worth keeping that those percentages open because you never know where the, those opportunities will lead you to. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Um, I love hearing that. And, um, you know, one of those things um, is, you know, um, when I saw you going out to Nepal and, you know, working on this project and create this really, really amazing footage um, to to share that awareness. So. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how that come about um, and, you know, like uh, what is the intention behind that project? Yeah, for sure. So actually that was a friend of mine reached out to me. He owns a company in Calgary, an outdoor adventure company. And he had this client. He's like, hey, I, I am not able to go on this trip. There was some scheduling conflicts or something. And so I thought about it for a while. Um and, you know, it was for a really good cause. It was for these, um, it was basically for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And Duchenne is um, a very severe muscle wasting disease that happens, it's genetic and it happens in children. And so the, the, the children, mostly boys, I think too, but girls can get it as well. And so the children developed it or, or they, they just have it from birth basically. And, you know, uh, the life expectancy can go up to 29 to 30 years old, maybe. Don't quote me on that, but it's it's just, you know, you you become paralyzed, have trouble breathing. So it's a very awful disease and it's very, very rare. I think about only 20,000 in the U.S. maybe have it and like maybe 300,000 worldwide. And so it's not a disease that's well known. So it's not getting a lot of attention, which means there's not a lot of research, which means there's not a cure on it. It's there's no treatment or anything. Um, and so these fathers, uh, um, their sons have Duchenne. And so they have the father, the one father's name is Jim Rafone, and he's the founder um, of a company or a nonprofit called Jar of Hope. Jar stands for James Anthony Rafone, which is his son. And so they went, they trekked up to Everest Base Camp to create awareness and money because there's a clinical trial first ever clinical clinical trial now for a treatment for Duchenne. And they need, I think, I think they need about 1.7 million when the trip started. I think the trip raised about $200,000. And so I think, I think they're pretty close to raising their goal to get the, the clinical trial going right for the first ever treatment. And so, um, for me, I was kind of for a long, long time in my career. Um, and this is the thing about photography and or any creative, you get so self-focused because it's so hard, right? Like, to make money, to make a living. And so you kind of forget. And as a child, I was like, you know, I want to work 
in a career where I can give back a little bit. So just having that opportunity come up, I was like, okay, this is a good opportunity. And it's like mixing my love of adventure and adventure storytelling. We're literally trekking to Everest base camp, making a mini documentary along the way and creating awareness for this cause. And so I was, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm like, it, it took me a while to say yes to be to figure out some logistics, but I was like, okay, I'm full in now. And we went to Nepal and, um, I didn't know any of these guys. They're like your typical all American, you know, guys. And I'm like your Canadian kind of like reserved, quiet Canadian. And so, but it was like, they were the best guys ever. I love those guys. You know, we, um, we had such a great trip. Um, it got, I learned so much about Deshen and hearing their stories of like their struggle with their families and just being able to capture that on camera and share, share that with the world was a really, um, you know, I was honored that I was able to do that and help them with that, you know, and, and it, like I have the document or the, sorry, that I made a vlog, there's a documentary and I made a vlog as well. So there's two. And so I kind of talk about this in the vlog is like, you know, my experience going to base camp is obviously a lot different than theirs. Like I got to have a lot of fun, you know what I mean? And like, and enjoy the trip and their purpose is you know, like they're constantly thinking about their sons, right? Like they're, they're not really there to have a good time. I mean, it's hard. You kind of have to find that balance. You still have to live your life a little bit, but their, their motivations are very clear. And so for me, it was really interesting watching that and their motivations and just, you know, uh, we all kind of came away from that trip with a lot of gratitude at the end of it, you know, and it was, it was an incredible experience being able to see Mount Everest, you know, like the tallest mountain in the world is a, a bucket list thing to be able to experience. And, be able to do that and capture an image and give back along the way was I just feel so lucky to be able to have been part of that journey. Yeah, wow, that's incredible. I know, you know, like um sometimes it's it's hard to to look back and give, like you say, because often we're so sucked into the how to survive, right? And, uh, and it's uh it's it's such a it's such a tough life because um it's it's not only us, it's everyone else and um, I guess, you know, I love what you do there because if we always, if we, if everyone only focus on our own survival, then who are we as human, right? Our, our humanity would pretty much disappear, right? And what you did there is just absolutely incredible. You know, um, I think sharing the story of bringing awareness of, of this, um, this condition that is very rare, I actually really love how you create the vlog so i haven't really watched the vlog yet so i'd love to hear that because um yeah like when you say that i think that's very true like it's it's really easy for us to think about life about adventure about travel in our own view but sometimes you know some people just maybe you know um uh, a friend of a friend or you know friend of a family that we may know are struggling with whatever it is could be physical health or mental health. So I think it's it's really important for us to just, you know, keep an eye on that and, and have that sort of gratitude. Um, like you say, you know, come back with 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 sense of thankfulness that things are the way they are in our life instead of asking for more. So thanks a lot for sharing that. Now, I, one thing that I'm really interested in is um, when you go on the trip there, I know you kind of touch a little bit there, right? But when you go on the trip, you have uh, the purpose of, you know, um, creating awareness, you know, capturing all this stuff. Now, at the same time, um, it's it's something that you've never done before, right? You never um, tried um, the, the base camp. You, like you say, you, you don't really know them all that well. Like, you know, you kind of just get acquainted. So how do you... Um, how do you show or how do you tell the story, the emotion within your uh, video and photography um, in order to capture all this sense emotion that, you know, um, they may trying to, to share with, with the rest of the world? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think what really, really helps me with that was my experience in television, because when we were working in reality TV shows, we're constantly with new people every week and not just like reality TV. I was doing like corporate videos. So I'm constantly meeting other people. And so you have to like have conversations. You have to warm, get them to warm up to you, not just to your camera, but to you as a person. Right. And so, um, it's, 
oddly become like my job to do that. You know what I mean? So it's like, it feels quite natural just to like, I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's essentially kind of easy. You just like, it's like going to the coffee shop with somebody you've never met before and just starting a conversation. And for, um, you know, a project like going to base camp, we're with each other for like, I, I think it was like 12 days under these really strenuous hiking conditions. Like you get to know each other really, really quickly. Right. Um, you know, you're walking through rain, you're walking through snow, you're going up in high elevation, you're losing your breath. And so you get to know each other really quickly. And so everybody gets vulnerable really, really fast. And then they start to open up to you. And I think, you know, that plus having the, um, the sort of knowledge that we were all on the same page, wanting to share this story with the world and like Jim and Dylan, their sons have Duchenne and they have, they had an incredible, uh, willingness and understanding how important it is to share this story. They were vulnerable with me. They opened up to me, you know, they, they showed me some moments that were, you know, like they're, that were quite emotional. Um, and they, and they were perfectly okay with that because they knew it was going to help the story and, and help, help the, you know, ultimately help their sons. That's what they were there to do. And so, you know, I was just able to capture these amazing moments. I was able to put the camera on them, ask them questions. And they even came to me sometimes and were like, Hey, I really got something to say here. I was like, great. So I just held up the camera and they were very open about their journey with their sons and like why this trip to base camp was so important to them. And so, you know, it all came together really nicely, I thought. And, um, you know, I was happy to, like, we made a film and the film should be coming out soon. It's a, about half an hour. Um, and then I asked if I could also create a vlog, just like sort of like my point of view of the trip, because I'm not in the film, right? It's just like the footage. And so, um, um, I just wanted to share like sort of my point of view. And I think they really appreciated that as well, because, um, again, like it's such a rare disease. So just getting that message out there to as many people as possible. Um, they were, they were very happy that I made the vlog and was able to share it. And so, and I, likewise for me as well, I was like really happy to, um, to share that vlog. And, um, you know, I think it was probably like, it was definitely one of the most meaningful things I feel like I've created, you know, cause I haven't, as we talked about, like it made me realize like, I want to do a lot more of this. I want to use my skills of what I have to sort of help people. And, and that doesn't have to always be financially, right? Like I can use my skills as a photographer, as a cinematographer to tell a story to help people. And so I want a lot time if I can every year to do a project like that. And so, yeah, I'm just, uh, I, and you know, and it's one of those things as a kid, I remember like flipping through, I think I can't remember cause it was a kid. Right. But I just remember seeing like in Nat Geo or something and it was photographers and they talked about like drawing their lens to these issues in the world that needed to be heard. And I really like that really stuck to me as a kid. So to now be able to sort of take that and do that as an adult, I just think is, is, is really re rewarding. You know, that, that is so powerful that you share that. And, um, I, I think, um, if, if there is anything that the listeners or, you know, photographers out there can take out of this is that photography and videography is such an important and such an essential thing in our life, right? And for artists, especially photographers and videographers, a lot of the time we think about it the other way where, you know, the stuff that we put out is not valuable. And, you know, that's where a lot of the starving mindset kind of come in. But when you say that, it's just so profound how, you know, our photos and our videos are the things that tell the story. And without a story, you can't move people emotion. You can't, you know, raise a, a fund for a certain research. You can't um, convince people to travel to, you know, a certain part of the, the, the world. And you can't um, express love or connection between two different people. And this is, I think it's really important if there is any photographers who feel like, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like my photo is not great. Like it doesn't matter how good or bad your photo is, but if you compare it to the fact that people don't have any of those photos, it, it's a world of different without photo are our world are boring. We probably won't travel because we don't know what's out there. We probably don't care to travel because we think what we have is the best thing in the world. So, you know, I, I really love, um, you know, you what you say there. And um, 
one thing that I'm interested in, right? Because you're a photographer and a videographer. How does the storytelling shift between the two? Because in video, you have a little bit more time. You could, you know, set the scene. You can create a certain uh, movement, a certain dialogue, a certain um, voiceover or whatnot. But in a photo, that's it. Like whatever one shot you take, it has to tell the whole story, right? So I'm really interested for someone who come from uh, videography, right? From creating a story within a, a, a longer length of time. How do you transfer that in, into a photography and how can you create the best, most impactful story within one frame? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I feel like I have to ask myself that every time I'm shooting, I was like, okay, how can I make this work within one frame? I think for video, um, and I'm always experimenting, video is obviously, it depends what you're, what you're doing. Like the Everest trip was 11 days. And so, you know, in terms of making an impact with that video, it was about, you know, you have your typical, like, um, you're covering your scenes of us hiking to base camp, you know, it's exciting, it's exhausting, it's raining. So you have all that, the typical adventure stuff. And then it's sort of sprinkled with, I did interviews every day um at the sort of at the beginning and sort of at the end of every day and then i would ask them questions throughout the trip and they would give me these moments of uh you know um very i found very impactful moments of them talking about their sons and so the story is we're going to base camp to raise awareness for duchenne muscular dystrophy and then you sprinkle that with um the sort of um you get to know them along the way right and that's like Jim talking about his son very emotionally, you know, like I was almost like crying, holding the camera, listening to him because their sons are dying, you know? And so, and Dylan, same thing. He's just like, there's a moment in the vlog too, where it's like my favorite moment. He just totally opens up. He's like, you know, um, he's like, you know, some parents worry about how their kids are going to do in sports, but he's like, the only thing I can really think about is just like, how fast can we fund these clinical trials so that, you know, my son can have an extra year or two. And so just getting those moments on camera, like them saying those moments and then, you know, using those moments as sort of voiceover to tell a story as they're walking up to base camp. That's sort of like, that's what I love about film. It's this whole uh, thing of all these like, uh, you know, like amazing either sound bites or video or music all mixed in together over either ten, five, 10 minutes or, you know, in commercial film, like an hour and a half, right? And so films like this whole other, other beast, you're still, you know, framing images and framing shots, but I think the emotions are hitting you on a different level. Cause you're like, you're hearing people, you're seeing people, there's like sound to it. Um, you know, there's, there's movement. And so, you know, that's just, that's another thing that's like endless. You can work with that within a life, like a, you can work to improve that through your whole life. Right. So I, I love that. And then photography there's no music there's no sound it's just an image right but it's a still image and so you have to kind of think about well what makes a really impactful still image and so and you know i'm always experimenting for me it's like either it's an incredible landscape landscape that takes my breath away whether it's the auroras over the vesterhorn in iceland um you know this huge panoramic shots that i took um, or if it's like we were out last week in an ice cave and we had an ice climber climbing up to the top of the ice cave and, um, you know, the fact that it was at blue hour or twilight hour, it was dark. So a lot of the darkness overtakes the frame and you just see kind of your attention's more drawn to the light of the head torch. Um, to me, that's like, it's hard to put it into words, but it's really impactful and it's really powerful because you're just looking at this one image maybe you're wondering like wow where the hell are they like it's like is way deep into the backcountry or like what led it up to that moment and so yeah it's just um i think they're both very powerful tools and video takes a lot longer but it's just as powerful and and photo maybe sometimes it can take just as long you could be out there for months but sometimes it's just this one photo can just express an entire thing right and so yeah, I just totally addicted to them both. And actually the the cave photo that I was just talking about, we did do some, it's hard, right? Because you're in the fields and you have the videographer mindset and you have the photographer mindset, right? And so usually 
usually when I'm going out to the backcountry on our own in the Rockies, I'm always in the photography mindset because work is more video related, right? And so I'm I'm usually doing photos just on my own, but we always try to capture, I always try to make a point to capture some video aspects of something, you know what I mean? Just because over a year or two, I can piece together a whole story. But actually the, um, so I was in photo mindset going out to the ice cave to, to film these or to shoot these climbers. But we did, one of the climbers is also uh, a, a photographer and a videographer. So he, we were filming little pieces along the way of the whole trip, right? And so we put together the video pieces of us getting to the ice cave, you know, them tying up the ropes and then climbing up. And then we also put the images in the film as well. So like you have this whole mix and it all comes together in the end. So you put all these ingredients in the barrel and mix it all up and you have this film with some images in it. So that's a good, I think, example of how I kind of utilize both. But I will say that depending on the mindset I'm in, it's hard to do both, right? So either if I'm more in the video mindset, then the photos will kind of suffer a little bit or take more of a back seat and vice versa. If I'm in the photo mindset, then the video kind of takes a back seat because they do kind of require your full attention at all times. You know what I mean? To, to be able to craft the perfect image. I, I love how you say that because it took me a long time until I realized that I was like, yeah, I can fly my drone and take photos. Like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> like I always want to take photo. I want to do time lapse on a fly drone. And I was like, nah, you just have to like focus on one and everything else will suffer. Like you say, and you know, focus on the thing that truly mattered most within that particular time. So yeah. Wow. That's, that's just incredible. I, I love hearing that perspective from uh, uh, a videographer that kind of shift into photography instead of, you know, the other way around, because I feel like most people are, are, you know, their, their journey is a lot, is, is, uh, the opposite where they start with photography and then they get into videography. I know that's, yeah. that's the case for me. Um, so yeah, really, really interesting to hear that. So, um, amazing. Thank you very much. Well, be, you know, it's, it's been an amazing, uh, uh, conversation. I can't, I can't believe it's been an hour. Like we, we chatted and it's, it's literally felt like it's 15 minutes, but, um, it's been an incredible story. You know, thank you a lot. Thanks a lot for sharing that story, especially, um, the, the hike that you did for, um, the, the, the Shen. Is it? The Shen, yeah. The Shen muscular dystrophy. Yeah. The, the, the Shen muscular dystrophy and it's. It's, um, I think when you say that, when you tell them how, you know, most parents are worried about, they, are they going to be getting A or are they going to be good in sports? Well, uh, you know, they, all they care about is how they, they can do something so that their son can live just that little further. It's just, it's such an grounding words, you know, um, that you share there that, man, like we are so lucky to be here in our life, especially if you don't have any disease, you, you can go anywhere in the world, you know, like, I mean, you can walk, you don't have a problem with that, man, we are lucky. And I think a lot of people just don't like take that for granted. So, uh, really, truly, I mean, just to be able to, I was like reading a, a book the other day and it's just like, just think about it. Like, just think about it. Like even anyone, like, not there's people in the world right now who are just focused on survival. But if you think back to even your ancestors, like it was all just about survival. So just being grateful that we even have the ability to ponder our, our, uh, our purpose, you know, or for me, it's like for our ability to just go after a career or just my love of photography and cinematography. Um, I'm just able to do that. So just as hard as it is, just be grateful that I'm allowed to be able to do that. Cause you know, there's a lot of people that aren't allowed to do that. They are just purely focused on survival. So I try to tell myself that every day as well. Just be really grateful for the, just the opportunity to be able to even try this for a career and as a life, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's really important. And that, that just give me goosebumps there that you say, you know, I'm just, it's, it's like, like you say, it's an opportunity that is presented to us and it's up to us whether to take it or not. So thanks a lot, Pete, uh, you know, for your stories, your wisdom. I really enjoy that. Uh, now, one thing that I always ask the guests in the podcast is that if there is one advice, whether it's photography or live advice or whatever other advice that you have, 
that you could give your younger self or the audience out there, what would that advice be? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I might have like two little ones. Um, one of the ones I think like in photography, I would say um, that I would have told my younger self. And I think this is, it's kind of boring, but I think it's kind of important to hear is like, we don't really, I was always focused on the um, living in the moment for today and stuff. And so you don't really focus a lot on like saving money and all that kind of stuff, but learning the business, learning to save, getting all that done earlier, the sooner you do that, the better it allow you more freedom later. And so um, I learned that a little bit later. And so I, I would say I have a regret because I mean, I, I've had such amazing experiences, but just having that information a little sooner. Um, so if you're hearing this and you're younger, then that means you, something to look into um, that will help you and will ultimately get you more freedom um, in your career down the line is I think a, a, a good piece of advice that I learned in my life. And, um, you know, there's so much information out there that you can like Google it, there's books to help you. And so I think, I think people can figure that as everything is figure outable and they can figure out that aspect quite easily. And then one thing that I read today somewhere, and I really think this is important too, is, um, if you find yourself like in a really busy schedule and we kind of touched on this in the podcast a little bit too, is like allow a little bit of a percentage of time or, or just a space in your mind to, or in your schedule like give yourself an opportunity to explore something new, whether it's in your career or or whatever it is, career or schedule. So for instance, like I said, we I had this opportunity to, to sort of dive more into wildlife and that turned out to be an incredible thing. Or even if it's just a schedule thing, like um, if you have a fully booked summer, try to squeeze in a week where nothing is scheduled just to potentially allow something to happen, right? You know what I mean? Like something spontaneous. Because that spontaneity will you don't you don't know where that will lead you to. And for instance, for me, like what the impetus for moving out to the Rockies was like I kind of had this drive to come out here, but I was working this full time job in TV, and uh, I just decided to leave the job. Like I found someone to replace me to come out to the Rockies for the summer, right? And just allowing myself to have that freedom, basically. I came out here, I met my girlfriend now, Jenna, who's also a photographer, you know, we went on all these hikes and just basically just allowing that time and that window of opportunity to exist. Basically, like I felt like I opened up the door and my life was like right there, right? I met Jenna, we're now together and, you know, we're building our lives together in this Rockies. So if I didn't allow for that window of time to happen, if I had chosen to stay comfortable and earn the money that summer, I wouldn't be where I was today. And so just, I think giving yourself those windows of opportunity to explore something can lead you into something incredible. Ah, oh, that is such great advice. Such a great advice. I mean, if we look at the amount of um, people who are successful in this world today and how they find or how they discover that path of life through travel or through trying new things or through um, accidental, um, you know, things that they never thought it would have lead them to where they are. I think this is a really, really important lesson to learn. And I love how you mentioned about setting yourself up for success as well as you get older. And, you know, I mean, for me, like it, I, that's all I care about in, in, in the early age. And I thought, you know, in the, in, in, um, cause that's how I brought up, right. It's like, oh, you gotta save, you gotta save. And then you retire and then you can enjoy all this. Right. <laughs> so. I always, I used to always think that it was a waste of time for me to do that. But, you know, now that I, uh, when I left my career in engineering and, you know, starting over that really, um, helped me out when, when I don't have things coming through, right. I could, I could help me to, through all the, all the tough time of not having income and all that. So it's, I think it's, it's really good advice, especially if you don't know what how to invest or how to save, um, you know, at the very least start learning and you know, start doing that even just a little bit. So amazing advice, B. Thank you very much. Now, you know, you have amazing work. You have beautiful uh, photography as well as videography. And, you know, how can people learn more about you and how can people support you as well? 
Oh, that's a good question. Sport, sports hard. Like, um, I mean, well, you can go to my website, um, silverfernproductions.ca. I put a lot of my work onto there, a lot of the video work, a lot of the um, photography work. And um, I'm just in the process of revamping the whole thing, but it's still still live online there. You can find me on Instagram, Pete underscore O'Hara. And Twitter, Pete O'Hara Photo. And uh, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel with um, Jenna called Adventures with Pete and Jenna. And the uh, Everest vlog that we were talking about is on there as well. And so I'll eventually have, I took my print shop down for the moment because I'm in the middle of uh, rebuilding it. And so, I mean, you could DM me if you want to print or you can wait for the print shop to be live. It should be live in the next couple months um, if you want to support me. Or you can just go to the YouTube, subscribe, just tag along on the adventures and hopefully you enjoy them. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I, I love your, your, you guys uh, go on some of the most, uh, the coolest adventures. And, you know, if you haven't checked out uh, Pete's work, please do check him out because you take them to a world where, again, like I say, it felt like it's not in this world anymore. You know, it's felt like it's somewhere else. So um, going on your adventure itself, it's just, you know, it really fed my framing for winter <laughs> because here in Bali, unfortunately, we don't have... <laughs> Unless it's on the, on the cocktails. <laughs> well, I'm happy to hear that. If I can make people fall in love with winter, then that makes me a happy man. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Pete. Well, thanks a lot for, um, you know, for your time and for being here and sharing your story as well as your journey. And um, we get this. Hopefully you get a lot of that. And it's been an incredible storytelling, um, you know, from Pete. Um, go check his profile out look at his youtube channel and the beautiful videography that he does it's just absolutely beautiful uh, but with that being said if you haven't subscribed yet do subscribe on um, the podcast if you want to hear more story like this and if you have other artists that you'd love to hear in this podcast please do let me know uh, so that i could reach out to them but without being said, um, Pete, thank you very much for your time here. And uh, it's been a great conversation. And hopefully we, we have you back here one day and chat uh, on a different things. Yeah, I might have some new failures to talk about and what I learned from them. Thanks again for having me, Sam. This was so much fun. And I really appreciate um, you doing this podcast for photographers. And I, I want to say, too, that I really love your work. And it really, both Jen and I, it transports us as well. I mean, your work is incredible. Your astrophotography is phenomenal. And I, I just, I always love looking at your work. It's just, it's so beautiful. And thank you for having me. And thanks for um, sharing this time. Thanks. And I appreciate that very much. Thank you. All right, well, we can't do this. Uh, you know, with that being said, I'll see you guys next week. And we have someone exciting next week which i don't know who's gonna be in there yet but it's gonna be exciting nonetheless i'll see you guys later bye